0: sorry pardon me for a moment nope. <laughs> let me see if i can do this trying to see if i can blank it up a little oh i lost my headphones this is
1: a mess <laughs> everything's the worst
0: welcome to stargazing a stargate gazing podcast i'm your host kathy
1: and I'm your other host, Mary.
0: And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG1. Hi! Hi!
1: How are you? Super duper. How are you? I'm fine. It was way more <laughs> effort to get ready for this episode <laughs> than it usually wow. is. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Well, I meant oh, for both yeah. of us between, you know, me getting home from work way late. And you struggling with your blanket or whatever (laughs) was happening over there while we were trying to figure out a description for the episode.
0: I I am wearing a blanket over my head right now because I don't want to echo.
1: You sound amazing. Excellent. Good times. How was your day? (sighs) It's been a week and it's only two (laughs) days. It's been exam week, so that means a lot of me getting annoyed with how poorly my students are doing. like, like, An example that I gave Jeff today was one of the questions they were supposed to identify the acetabulum, which is the socket that your femur sits in, and they identified it as the maxillary sinus. So I'm like, okay, do you not realize that the socket that Your femur sits in, is in your pelvis, or do you not realize that your sinuses are only in your cranium, or what is even happening
0: here? Yeah, I was taking a moment like, do I know that? But then I was like, sinus, wait a minute. Yeah,
1: they're- yeah, they're all in your head. <laughs> yeah. Your sinuses are all in your head. They are all in my head. <laughs> like, literally, not you're imagining them, but they're physically <laughs> located in your head. And your acetabulum, where your femur connects to, because that's your thigh, <laughs> that, that's in your hip. If that were in your head, too, there would be problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know another student, the question was asking about vertebrae, and her answer was backbones. I'm like, <laughs> I, do you just not spend any time studying at all? I don't understand how you miss some of these that I feel like should be obvious I'm sorry then she got one of the markings right like she got the vertebral foramen she got right for a different question I'm like well how do you know a vertebral foramen but you don't know what a vertebrae is (laughs) come on do you want to talk about your cheaters oh yes I do I was going to say before I talk about my cheaters though my one last complaint is my students that use just the common terms for things instead of the, the scientific terms. So like, if you're telling me that your clavicle is your shoulder bone, no. no. If you're telling me that your patella is just your knee, also no. You don't get points for that. <laughs> so yes, let me tell you about yeah. my cheaters now. Yeah. Which, this is actually the first time that I've dealt with something quite this blatantly obvious. I have had some other cheaters before that I have caught that were relatively obvious, but this was the most blatantly obvious, where when I am... Proctoring an exam, I generally keep myself off to the side because I'm not one of those instructors that likes to hover over everybody's shoulder and like giving them like the evil eye or, you know, just creeping them all out and making them intimidated. So I generally stay off to the side. I keep an eye on things. I have very good hearing. So I am listening for anyone talking and I am looking to make sure that nobody is like looking over anyone else's shoulder or anything like that. And The practical exam, which is the one where they walk around the room and have to stop at stations and identify stuff, was almost over, had maybe about five or six people left in the classroom, and I hear a little bit of whispering happening. And I look up and expect it to be the normal just, oh, two students bumped into each other and said, (laughs) excuse me, and went on their way, which is pretty common when they're all walking around the room. But no, I look up to see two students looking at each other's answer sheets. Oh, my God. Like, seriously, do you think I am that oblivious that I am not going to notice the two of you talking to each other while looking at each other's answer sheets? Well, long story short, I am a very nice and fair grader, I think. And so I did not automatically fail them. But I did boot them out of the exam, told them that they were done and took their tests away and told them I would fail them for the entire course if it ever happened again. (laughs) It was annoying. I was so annoyed. Yeah, yeah, no, that's annoying. (laughs) It's extra frustrating because they're both students that I like, and one of them is a good student, like getting very good grades. The other one is trying really hard and is hit or miss with his grades. So I think it was honestly just a cultural difference with this one guy asking the other guy for clarification on a question or something like that. I'm trying mm-hmm. to give them the benefit of the doubt that that's what it was, because it would not have made sense for him to be trying to cheat off of the other person. Gotcha. But still, obviously, you can't do that. Oh. So once they had seen each other's answer sheets, I was not going to let them take the test right. anymore. I actually graded both of their tests. They both did pretty well, but they, and they only missed a couple questions. They were almost done with the test anyway. I think one of them has missed like one and one of them missed like three that they didn't get to answer.
0: (sighs) Aren't they supposed to check with you for clarification? Yes. And I say (laughs) that at
1: the start of every single exam. Ask me if you have a question, not the person next to you or anybody else. But, you know, they decide to go by their own rules. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) That's why I'm drinking on a Tuesday night, Kathy. Oh, oh no. Actually, that's not the only reason. It's also because I like drinking. (laughs) Also, I'll have beer any night of the week. But that's why during a week when I'm trying to cut back on how much beer I'm having, I'm drinking on a Tuesday night. (laughs) What you having? It is Violet Ray by Relic. Ah,
0: nice. IPA. I am drinking just elderflower tonic water excellent it's very fancy taste it actually is quite tasty
1: i was like i don't think i need any gin in this so (laughs) i'll share why not why not make this an extra lengthy open if you don't mind me sharing one more story that i was just thinking of because i can only wear earbuds today instead of my normal over the ear headphones because For my sister's birthday, she wanted to go get her nose pierced. So I was like, cool, I'll take you to go get your nose pierced for your birthday. And you know what? I've been wanting an industrial piercing forever, which is a barbell through the ear for any of you that have no idea what that is. I made an appointment for both of us, and then... Like, the day or maybe two days later, she's like, I don't know. I think that people might think it looks like I'm trying too hard, so I don't think I want to do it. So can you just cancel the appointment? I'm like, cool. I already paid for it, but sure. Uh But I called them up to cancel the appointment. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm keeping my appointment. As our friend Cullen, who you all know, said, I ended up buying my sister my own industrial piercing for her birthday. (laughs) I like it very much, but can only wear earbuds because an over-the-ear headphone would definitely be a high risk of contamination and infection, and also would be excruciatingly painful. Don't
0: you love the pain, though? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Am I supposed to? I don't know. I guess some people do, like to get piercings and tattoos for that reason. I'm okay with it i have a high pain tolerance but I generally seek it out <laughs> i have a very low pain tolerance yes can confirm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how's your week been now that i've talked your ear off about how my week all of three days of it okay. has been two days yeah it's only four been two, days if we God. <sighs> yeah well four days if we count since saturday although i know well, my piercing is on friday never mind anyway it all blends together time is meaningless yeah. go ahead
0: <laughs> i attended a dog's 10-year birthday this weekend
1: (gasps) what i did too what a coincidence i believe there were even two dogs at that party that were having a 10th there
0: sure were it was very cute and fun it was adorable yeah and agree and then today i rode my e-bike to work excellent and i was riding down the road and i was coming up on an intersection where there are three lanes a left right and a straight i needed to go straight so i put myself in the middle lane so i wasn't blocking anyone trying to turn right or anything and from somewhere beyond this is not going to be an exciting story because i didn't do anything about it but all of a sudden i like hear you're not a car i'm like no shit (laughs) buddy what are you doing
1: yeah, but bicyclists still obey the same rules that cars yes. do. So, yeah, you're supposed to stop at lights and get into proper turn lanes and all that good stuff. And it's such a no-win,
0: too, because you've either yeah. got people like that who are like, what the fuck are you doing in the road? And then you get the angry people who are like, they're not obeying the traffic rules.
1: Right. I'm more one of the angry people that gets mad on bicyclists <laughs> <that> don't <laughs> obey the traffic rules.
0: I don't only... It well, it depends on what's going on. Like, there are some very naughty cyclists who really shouldn't do the things they do.
1: Mostly it annoys me when they go straight through a red light that I am trying to go through the green light opposing. And so I have to stop to let the bicyclists go because I have a green light and they have a red light, but they're not stopping for it. That's what not okay. That's (laughs) also
0: really dangerous for them. I don't know why. Also that, because I've
1: almost hit a few of them. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. So I don't do that, but say I'm stopped at a red light at an intersection and either there's a walk light going or i just feel like it's gonna be safer for me if i go i will just go like
1: that happens sometimes but yeah i totally would too in that case absolutely but yeah i
0: I do not do it when there's a chance opposing traffic is going to run me down and i try not to do things to piss off drivers because they get abusive even when you don't piss them off so yes that is
1: true (laughs) Very, very true. New Haven is an interesting place. That was, I mean, that city that we both work in. (laughs) Yes, it's an interesting place. (laughs) I was definitely not in my town, and not New Haven when that happened. (laughs) (laughs) That town that you happen to live in that may or may not be near (laughs) that city that we both work in. We're really narrowing down our uh,
0: (laughs) our places of employment (laughs) with a town. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) There's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of colleges and universities though, to be fair in both New Haven and in Connecticut.
1: I don't really care that much. <laughs> now that I have full-time employment, I care much less because no one's going to be looking at my doing a search for my name and finding this stupid podcast instead of like my LinkedIn profile. Fair. <laughs> not that not stupid pod, but you know, silly yes. podcast is what I meant. Like ridiculous podcast, not stupid. Isn't oh, stupid podcast. Exactly. Love our podcast, yes. but it's not the first impression I want to make on someone looking to maybe hire me, right? <laughs> for right. A job. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. That was the highlight and low light. Oh, actually, I got chicken from this place in New Haven, (laughs) and it was amazing. The place is called Haven Hot Chicken. But (laughs) yeah, it was so good. Highly recommend. I got it it, on top of mac and cheese. It was amazing.
1: (sighs) That does sound amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So those are... I've been mostly vegetarian for a while now, but I've been making a more concerted effort. So I haven't even been eating like birds mostly (laughs) and... I almost caved and got McDonald's on my way home tonight because I was hungry and tired, and I was like, you know what? I want to, but I knew we had to record, and I didn't want to delay recording anymore, so I just ate the stupid mixed nuts I have in my car, and that was not satisfying. I wouldn't be satisfied with that either. But I did have also some gummy bears because Jeff bought like a million bags of little mini gummy bears, and... One of the things he did for my birthday was hide them literally everywhere. So, <laughs> everywhere I go, I am never without gummy bears Excellent. now. And it's fantastic because it makes me happy. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, how many do I have even just in here in this recording space? I'm sure you can all hear them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine bags just in the recording studio here. <laughs> that I'm aware nice. of. Nice. It's entirely possible that there are more in here that I haven't found That's amazing. I found one in the center console of my car today. I have found a couple of them wedged under the strings of my violin. (laughs) I find them on the treadmill. (laughs) Last week when we were recording, I looked up and saw several of them on the shelf in front of me. And then when we finished recording, I realized that there was a whole bunch more on the shelf behind me. (laughs) Awesome. Literally. Jeff's good people. (laughs) Speaking of food packages. Yes. You know what else comes in food packages? What's that? MREs. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Look at us segue. Yes. <laughs> After this extra rambly intro, <laughs> <laughs> what is this episode this... we are talking about today, in which the MREs played a oddly important role? Yes. This episode was
0: Stargate SG-1, season five, episode four, "The Fifth Man."
1: Fifth Man. Fifth Man. The episode begins with a lot of melodramatic groaning as there is a firefight happening and people are getting shot. The Jaffa are fighting SG-1 as SG-1 is trying to get back to the gate. They're on some MacGuffin planet, doesn't matter where they are. Jack has stayed behind with Tyler, the random new guy who's been injured. And of course, Jack isn't going to leave anybody behind, so he's gone back for Tyler. Sam, Jack, and Teal'c are all at the gate. Sam offers to hold the gate for him, but Jack says no, they need to go through the gate. Sam, of course, tries to argue that they can't leave them behind because obviously she doesn't want to leave anyone behind either, but Jack basically gives her the order, time to go. They listen, they go through the gate. On the other side, they give their report that Jack is still alive, as is Tyler, but Tyler's been injured and Jack has stayed with him to help protect him. They need to send backup right away to go and get them out of there. And Hammond's like, who the hell's Tyler? (laughs) I don't know that guy. What the fuck are you talking about? And then credits. Yeah. (laughs) On the planet,
0: Jack asks Tyler if he can walk. He says he might try and then they get moving. End of scene. (laughs) (laughs) It's very exciting. Yeah. (laughs) More exciting is back in the SGC where SG three quarters is pleading with general Hammond. Actually then would it be SG three fifths, three fifths. <laughs> <Yeah>. SG 60% <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. are arguing
0: with general Hammond that they need to go back and rescue their people. Hammond isn't having it though, because he doesn't know who the hell this guy Tyler is as we've established
1: i was surprised at how incensed hammond seemed yeah he seemed really indignant and almost angry with them which i thought was weird and it actually made me suspect that there was something wrong with him rather than that there was something wrong with the rest of the sg team interesting because i really didn't remember anything about this episode as Uh, i was watching it i had no idea yeah but like as i've said before a lot of them i won't remember from the description but i kind of remember where they're going as i watch not this one. <laughs> I felt like he would have been less
0: incensed if it were Jack making these arguments instead of other people. Absolutely, so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's kind of why I was surprised, because he was willing to leave Jack there for longer while he tried to figure out what was going on with SG 60%. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, the real Hammond would never leave Jack. Yeah, no. What is going <laughs> <That's> on? true. <laughs> hey, this Hammond, though, who... Is actually
0: Hammond. We later know. This Hammond yeah. orders <laughs> the team to the infirmary to be checked out by Dr. Frazier. Not only are they protesting, Carter says they're going back with or without reinforcements. <laughs> and Hammond's like, no, no, you're not. And he makes them give up their weapons by having airmen Surround
1: them. It was, he even threatens yeah. to use force on them, which, again, made me extra suspicious of him. Yeah. So that's a pretty uncharacteristic
0: thing all around in this scene, I feel like. Yeah. Sam's usually not one to be like, I'm not going to do what you say. And Hammond's usually right. not, like, ready to shoot them. So that's fun.
1: <laughs> Generally not.
0: No. But in the end, they give up their weapons and are taken to the infirmary.
1: On the other planet, Jack is carrying Tyler around, trying to get him someplace safe. Jack tells him he's heavier than he looks and Tyler apologizes. (laughs) When Jack asks Tyler how his leg is, Tyler's like, yeah, it's no problem. But we see that it's like gross and just a huge mass of blood. So that is clearly not true. This seems to be some sort of ruins of some sort. Doesn't really matter. It's mostly like a blown out stone tower kind of thing it is not in good shape but better than nothing I guess and as Jack says it's not something he'd buy as a timeshare but defendable enough for their purposes until the rest of the team gets back hopefully with a whole lot of front <laughs> Tyler's concerned that Jack could have made it to the gate and doesn't understand why Jack came back for him and Jack's like well duh, obviously I'm not gonna leave anyone behind so Tyler's pretty grateful about that Jack's like, yeah, well, whatever. It would have been too much paperwork. We all know that's not the reason. (laughs) It's because Jack's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that scene, I guess. In the briefing room, Frazier and Hammond are talking about what's going on. Tilk is mostly okay. Apparently he's had a bad burn to his symbiote, but should be fine.
0: Well, I don't think it was to his symbiote, but <laughs> his symbiote's
1: going to take care of it. Oh, okay. I just don't know how to read or listen.
0: <laughs> I am just try- I'm also trying to think of like how precise a shot it would be to just
1: his symbiote. You know? I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> We've also seen like those weird pain sticks. I don't know what those True. things do. <laughs> I'm tired. Leave me alone. I don't know how to read or listen or write or anything.
0: The preliminary exams
1: of Sam, Tilg, and Daniel, aside from the burn that may or may not be on Tilg and or his symbiote, shows that overall they're fine other than being agitated that they want to go back and get Jack, but they're not being allowed to go back and get Jack. And Hammond's like, well, of course, I'm not going to let them go anywhere because they're talking about a lieutenant that doesn't exist. So there's obviously something wrong with them. He's kind of looking at Fraser for more of an explanation than she can give him. But she has no answer for that. It doesn't really seem likely that it's any kind of a hallucination because hallucinations are not generally shared. That wouldn't really explain how they would all be seeing the exact same person. They're going to quarantine the team in the meantime. Also, no one else is going back to that planet until they've gotten this figured out. Unfortunately, Jack and the possibly existent Tyler, maybe imaginary Tyler, are on their own. They are. (laughs)
0: In the infirmary, Sam is pissed about this. She's mad that they even left the planet at all. She's like, he could be dead now for all we know. But Daniel's like, well, we can't do anything about it right now, so let's think about the situation instead. That's what I always like to do about a situation. Think
1: about it. Think about it (laughs) instead of doing something.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'm kind of a thinker about things. Doing things takes effort.
1: It does, but I need (laughs) to feel like I'm doing something when something's bothering me. I could be on Sam's side in this one. I like to lay on the floor hugging a teddy bear. I mean, that is the ideal. When I said do something, I kind of just meant that. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe a dog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe hugging a teddy bear and my dog both at the same time. That's even better. And hopefully the dog will not try to eat the teddy bear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're just talking about this. Daniel wants to know why Hammond says he doesn't remember Tyler. And Sam's like, I think he really doesn't remember But they don't understand. Daniel says they were in a briefing with them for two hours, which included Tyler. Maybe he's got amnesia? But Sam says that everyone's got it then because Dr. Fraser doesn't remember him either. It tail's like, well, maybe he's right and there's something wrong with us. Daniel brings up the parallel worlds mirror. But they didn't see anything like that on the planet. So it seems unlikely that that would be the reason. Tilk puts in maybe the Stargate malfunctioned. And Sam's like, well, even that, we don't have any evidence that the gate would create parallel travel. They decide they're going to check... The computer that they are given access to because they never, ever, ever cut off computer access from people who might be dangerous. <laughs> but apparently they did the bare minimum and shut Sam out from the computer. Her access code is denied. But since she's Sam, she can still hack in.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit dismaying how easy it apparently is to hack into this. Yeah government computer at this top secret sure. facility
0: and then we got clack clack clack
1: clack 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 clackity clack <laughs> clack clack so much clacking. i was thinking of you the whole time i was like yeah oh, i bet kathy's loving this there's a lot of clacking we check in with jack and tyler on the other planet tyler dropped his weapon so that sucks <laughs> but they've still got some other magazines and c4 so probably they're fine And that's it. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the SGC, Sam is continuing with her clacking on and on and on and on with the clacking. clacking. She, of course, manages to get in there, as Kathy said. And weird, there's no Tyler in the database anywhere. You'd think that there would be somebody named Tyler. Tyler's a common name. I'm surprised (laughs) that even if they couldn't find this Tyler, they couldn't find anyone with the name of Tyler as their first or their last name. But here we are. There's apparently nobody (laughs) at all with the name of Tyler (laughs) in the SGC. But there has been some random person with the ID number of 4574 snooping around in the personnel files from somewhere off base and those personnel files in particular would of course happen to belong to (laughs) SG-1 on the planet
0: Jack is taking stock of what they've got for survival they've got some MREs but they're running low on water so he's gonna take a look around he gives Tyler his P90 and Tyler holds it like he's never held a gun (laughs) before but Jack doesn't make note of that Tyler's like, shouldn't we just wait? Jack says that they have waited long enough that someone would have been here by now and something must be going on. So it's going to take a little longer and that's why he's going to get some water. Tyler keeps questioning him on this, though. Like, what if they never made it back? Hammond will send someone else, Jack says. How do you know? It is starting to get pretty suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, didn't you train? Right, exactly. Don't you know what protocol
1: is?
0: (laughs) Even if you're, like, new to the SGC, you're probably familiar with the military and how people tend to do things. Also, the total
1: lack of sir at the end of any of these sentences or questions.
0: (laughs) He then tosses the radio at Tyler, who doesn't catch it because he's awkwardly (laughs) holding the P90, and tells him to keep the channel open. Jack heads off. Tyler puts the gun down and the camera pans over to some packaging that says made in Tyler, Texas. Oh, here's my tangent, which has nothing to do with the episode. You've already heard this story, but everyone gets to hear this story. I still like stories. One. I looked up Tyler, Texas. It is a real place. I couldn't find any evidence that, historically any MREs were produced there, but doesn't mean there weren't. I tried. Tyler, Texas was named after President John Tyler.
1: Now I understand where your story came from the other day. I was like, that's a random story Kathy's telling us. Yes. (laughs) But very interesting. Go ahead with the interesting story. John Tyler, President of
0: the United States in what, 1841 to 42? five or somewhere in that area <laughs>
1: so, he, i don't know why you're asking me oh, i what? don't know i have no I idea
0: <laughs> so he was president in the 1840s after he was vice he elected vice president but then william henry harrison died a month into office so he became president john tyler was born in 1790
1: he had 15 children that is too many children it is so many in my children opinion. less less terrible back then when we didn't have the overcrowding issue we are currently facing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From a biological standpoint. Not that I'm judgmental. From a purely biological standpoint, there are too many humans.
0: So many kids. He had eight with one wife and seven with the other. One of the sons he had was born in 1853 when John Tyler was in his 60s. That man, Lion, L-Y-O-N. Lyon? Lion. Yes, L-Y-O-N. Oh, interesting. Lion Tyler? Lion, yeah, I forget what his middle name was, but yeah, it's like Lion something Tyler. Weird. Lion, though, not to be outdone, I don't think he had as many children, but he had a son in 1928 when he was in his 70s. That son's name is Harrison, who is currently alive and 93 years old. John Tyler, born in 1790, has a grandchild still alive today. That is just crazy it's and so amazing. bananas. <laughs> it, that has nothing at all to do with the episode, but it was weird and everyone gets to enjoy this fun fact.
1: But it's so interesting. I was fascinated to learn that when you told us over the weekend and I was fascinated to hear it again today.
0: It's notable because he was a president, but are there people who were born even earlier who have grandchildren that are alive?
1: Yeah, there's got to be, Right. I'm sure that there have to be. I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. But yeah, so that's that's my fun story. That is a very <laughs> fun story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no Super problem. Interesting. Oh, I guess we're back in the SGC. Yes. <laughs> now they're just referring to Walter as Sergeant. So they're not even calling him Tech Davis anymore. They're just calling him Sergeant. Sergeant Walter. <laughs> in my transcript for anyone that's keeping track. <laughs> he keeps getting renamed in the transcript as rarely as he's named in the episode. They sent a MALP through. Apparently things ended badly for this one because Sergeant Pralter refers to the second MALP as being struck by Zatfire. So things are not going well as they're trying to figure out what's going on with Jack and Tyler. So they're going to send a UAV through instead. We get a quick shot of Jack heading through the woods and... They radio through to him, since they've got the gate open. Jack gives them a quick update that he is there with Tyler, who is immobile. And there's Jaffa all over the place. And then, unfortunately, the signal cuts out. Hammond is pretty dismayed to find out that Jack is suffering from what he thinks is the same hallucination as the rest of SG-1. And... As a result of that, unfortunately, decides that no retrieval teams are going through until they figure out what the source of this hallucination is. Falter recommends sending through a second UAV since they lost track of the first UAV, which was relaying Jack's signal. But those things are expensive, so they're not going to do that. (laughs) The person that makes that complaint about how expensive they are is Simmons, a.k.a. Q. I think canonically that Simmons is Q and that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Call ourselves the Q. Sounds good because I like it. <laughs> Q and Hammond are going to go talk in Hammond's office. They do. And again, a reminder, not QAnon, Q the alien from Star Trek. Star Trek yes. <laughs> not not the QAnon leader guy. <laughs> For sure not that guy.
0: Apparently Q the Star Trek guy is there to investigate a security problem, since concerns have been raised about this imaginary friend of theirs. Hammond says his people are working on it, but Simmons like, we need to do an independent investigation, and I'm sure we'll have your cooperation. Hammond glances at this point at his red phone on his desk, (laughs) which Have we seen the full shot of the red phone before? I think we have a couple times. forgot I did this. I took a screenshot of the phone because I wanted to see what the display said. Does it have a dial or buttons on it? It had like, it was a large display. There were no numbers on it. So let me pull it up here. It's like a grid almost. I should send this to you. But one of the headings is Oval Office. One is SGC. And the other, I can't really read. But under SGC, it says control, gate room, multi-room, decon, some, I think. Why would he need to call the SGC?
1: He's in the SGC. <laughs> he might need to call the gate room. Well, I understand needing like a gate room button or, a you know, whatever button. But why would he have a button that just says SGC? Where does that go to?
0: I don't know. The Oval Office one and I could make out was were the Joint Chiefs, Department of Defense... I can't tell. Just what last
1: week, he told us that that phone only takes calls from one person.
0: <laughs> it doesn't say
1: he can't call people. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. What if the president wants to talk to him and, I, and he gets a busy signal? I guess he could get the operator to just cut through.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you ever have
1: that happen way back in the day when cell phones weren't a thing and just regular phones were a thing? I once had that happen where I was talking to somebody on the phone. And apparently somebody was trying to get through to talk to my parents and they called the operator and the operator cut into my phone call (laughs) and was like, hey, this guy wants to talk to your parent. You need to get off the phone. And it scared the crap out of me. Oh (laughs) my God.
0: Yeah. I don't think I've ever encountered that. That's Apparently that's a
1: thing that they were able to do. (laughs) I sent you a picture of the phone in case you're interested. I'm going to look. Looking. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. yeah, I didn't notice what it looked like. I was not paying that close attention. I was my like
0: phone. the red phone. I can see the whole red phone. Oh my god!
1: you know, I mean, we'll need to like put something on Twitter about this. Or yeah, Instagram.
0: after Sam's you know Both. word processor answering machine, I really like needed to start paying more attention to the right? communication devices.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Because I did make a note later when they have the phone call montage that he was talking on the red phone the whole time. And I was like, how is this happening? Now (laughs) I know because there's buttons to call a bunch of people.
0: Yeah. Hammond takes a glance at that. (laughs) And Simmons was like, you can call whoever you want, but you're going to play that President Bestie card once too often someday. Hammond's like, dude. Jack's trapped on
1: another world, and I can't help him until we figure this out. Isn't isn't Simmons a colonel too? Yes, Hammond way outrank him, and he's how is he talking to Hammond like this? I
0: don't know. I mean, I feel like it's the same with when we met Mayborn. Like, there's a different level, and it might just depend on, you know, where they report to. Like, or even Davis is—he's not under Hammond, but he is kind of like he's outside of it, so he's got. A lot of authority that it doesn't seem like others under Hammond's command would have right so, it's weird yeah
1: oh by the way when I was editing the episode the colonel guy that we were talking about that I was trying to figure out if it was the same meaning of life guy yeah was the same guy had a oh different my rank god though. oh yeah. nice he was a major I forget his now I'm like totally forgetting his name but he was a major in that episode and he was a colonel in last week's episode
0: oh cool I'm glad you checked I did. I
1: checked while I was editing today. I
0: heard the I heard the drop and I was like, Yeah, <laughs> nice. I'm glad you followed up on that.
1: Yeah, me too. I checked IMDB, it looked at the episode itself. Totally same guy.
0: Simmons is gonna start his little
1: like crank session. That's not a word. He, <laughs> he is, <laughs> like yeah. He that. basically calls everybody in for a little one on one meeting. Daniel is first. Simmons asks him to explain what happened on the planet. And Daniel's like, well, I filed a report, so go read that instead. <laughs> and Simmons is like, yeah, it had so many amazing fictional characters in it. Then in the infirmary, there's some people backing up the uniforms for SG-1. Fraser comes over and notices something on one of them. It's something kind of weird and fuzzy looking. She's poking at it through the plastic clear plastic so that she can see it and she hands it to some random nurse nearby and asks that she has it analyzed in the meantime we learn that the blood work and dna results whatever those dna results might have (laughs) been detected no anomalies all right (laughs) yeah and all of a sudden fisher remembers tyler (laughs) randomly hmm I
0: wonder what happened in that moment to cause that. Yeah. Mm. You said you had an issue with this or was that your issue? I was just confused why there were two people bagging this thing up wearing gloves. And then she's like, let me put my hands all over it without gloves on. And I was like, why?
1: Why? Yeah, I mean, at least she was was touching the outside of the bag, but still, you're right. She should have had gloves on to even handle it I'm pretty sure those gloved
0: hands touched the thing as they put it in the plastic. I was like, this could have been avoided.
1: Although, I don't know, because, well, not to get too spoilery, but the chemical supposedly makes it up to her brain, so how did it get up to her brain? Did it get absorbed through her skin, or was it inhaled? We don't really know. If it was something that she inhaled, then having gloves on wouldn't have actually done any good. True.
0: Very true. We actually don't learn that.
1: But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So let's go back to the briefing room.
0: (laughs) Daniel is still being interrogated-ish by Colonel Simmons. He's showing Daniel a videotape of the briefing they had right before this mission. Showing that only SG one consisting of four people was in the room. Daniel's like, Well that could have been any briefing. And Simmons is like, uh, it's got a time code, idiot. I did notice it didn't have a year. I also
1: noticed that and I noticed that the date was very close to my birthday. Yes, yes it was. At oh seven forty. I was born at nine AM and also not on that day. <laughs> but it was close. <laughs>
0: Daniel's like, this is a waste of time. Simmons is like, no, it's not. And Daniel says, well, we obviously have Lieutenant Tyler issues. (laughs) (laughs) I say he exists. You say he doesn't. I thought that was a pretty great (laughs) line. But Simmons is like, actually, this isn't just about Tyler. I am going to dredge up your whole history with the SGC. Let's talk about your relationship with Sarah, your ex-girlfriend who became a gold cool
1: that's relevant yeah Yeah. to this specific situation
0: yeah so we need to watch out for that potential alien influence over stargate command daniel's like i'm very confused because that's none of your business and also that's not the first time (laughs) it's happened to him right
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. he has bad luck yes Although, actually, I was just thinking, really, what it is is that it is bad luck to date Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.
0: (laughs) Daniel asks if he should call an attorney, maybe? Simmons says that he is someone whose judgment can be easily clouded, which is kind of true, but still fuck this guy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's not clouded in a way where he's
0: compromising the SGC.
1: Right. He's not going to be doing the gold any favors. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Daniel's like, what's your
1: position here again?
0: And Simmons just smiles a smarmy smile.
1: Out in the hallway, Frasier is walking to go see Sam. There's a guard there guarding Sam. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. This scene was not optimal when it comes to describing what people look like. Because when Sam asked what Tyler looked like, Sam's answer was African-American, mid-20s, and perhaps... We can use other words to describe someone's appearance besides just his race and his age, but that's the extent to which they take it. They don't say anything about what his actual facial features look like or anything like that. Fraser, though, is like, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was like (laughs) 5'10", 5'11", right? And I'm like, all right, cool. So now we've got his race and his age and his height. And like, come on, guys, come on. (laughs) Something else about his actual appearance would be nice. But no, that's as far as they go. Frazier suddenly does remember this guy, even though two hours ago, as Sam points out, she had never heard of him. They discuss whether or not anybody else remembers. Frasier says not as far as she knows, but she thinks she needs to report this to Hammond. Sam, however, says that if she goes and tells Hammond, then Fraser is probably going to end up in here being held with the rest of them. So maybe she should uh, keep it to herself and do a little bit more exploring and research. Sam is just all about keeping the secrets these days. Right? (laughs) Apparently so. She had a pretty big secret last episode, keeping a secret this episode. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hammond makes a bunch of calls on the red phone trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Colonel Simmons and why he's there. Yep,
1: but no one's available. No one's available. No one's taking his call. Inconvenient. Don't they know what the red phone is for? (laughs) On the other planet, we learn that Tyler happens to be from Texas wonder where he got that one from we learn a little bit more about Jack's backstory actually that he was born in Chicago but raised in Minnesota Tyler asks him if it's nice there and Jack indignantly asks is it nice there (laughs) I didn't really understand his reaction to that question because I felt like that was pretty standard question yeah not standard but a fairly normal question to ask somebody
0: Yeah, especially... Who is, like, from
1: one state, but then no longer lives there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why'd you leave? Did it suck, or do you miss it? (laughs) Yeah. That's not too weird to ask somebody. Jack, of course, offers to take Tyler fishing sometime once they get back, because that's mostly what Minnesota is for, fishing. (laughs) (laughs) And Jack's like, Till can't get enough of it. It's great. (laughs) Tyler's wondering when they're going to get out of there. Jack thinks maybe tomorrow, maybe, maybe later. But if... Not tomorrow, they're going to go head up into the hills and wait for the Jaffa to lose interest. Tyler's pretty dismayed, though, that the Jaffa are never going to stop hunting them. And Jack's like, what the hell would you say that? What's wrong with you? Tyler (laughs) says, well, it's just kind of how they are. Jack says, well, yeah, but that's not the way that we are. So we're going to get out of this. So just go to sleep. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Meanwhile, Simmons is taking a crack at Tealc. Who is, as always, cool as a cucumber. Of course. Yeah. I love just the little slight smile he has on his face as he's staring straight ahead, answering the questions matter-of-factly. Yes.
0: Simmons is interested in the most recent event where Teal'c, unfortunately, was brainwashed by Apophis to think he was still First Prime, and Teal'c obviously is like, I'm loyal to the Tauri simmons asks why should i believe you and (laughs) tilk says if i were still loyal to the gold you would know it and it was amazing because then he says he would not have hesitated to kill him where he sits yep it was so good it really was (laughs) and tilk Tilk, the whole time, Tilk's not looking at him as he talks. And then after he says that, he looks at Simmons. And
1: And smiles at him. (laughs) Yes. It's so good. It was pretty great. Yep, I loved it. Tilk Tilk is the best. Very much agreed. On the planet, they hear an engine noise. And that's bad because that engine belongs to a glider that flies overhead. Apparently, their position has been made. Jack goes and grabs a bunch of weapons and tries to fire after it. He manages to hit it with something large enough that it basically sets the glider on fire and it crashes into some mountains. Even though it crashed, Jack is still concerned that they might be able to contact back to someone else where Jack and Tyler are. So they need to get out of there, except that Tyler is still not able to move anywhere. Jack's like, all right, great. I guess we're digging in here. And he starts digging, like, literally digging into his pack of equipment. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. In the SGC, now it is Sam's turn. Simmons wants to know why Lieutenant Tyler didn't show up in her last report if he was supposedly on the last few missions, because the backstory is that Hammond assigned Tyler to them about three missions ago. Sam says, well, Daniel's not named in all of my reports either, but he's always there anyway.
0: That seems weird to right? me, actually. That is a little
1: weird. You would think at least somewhere on them, you would be List- listing the people that were on the mission with yeah. you, even if you were not specifically talking about them. What members of your team were there? These yeah. four people. Okay. But and then go on with your narrative. Apparently not. Apparently that is not how it works here. Simmons basically gets on her case about the fact that nobody can corroborate their story sam is like i don't care jack's still out there so you need to get over this and let us go save him or send someone to save him do something to save jack we can't just leave him there but simmons says they're not sending anyone else and they for sure don't trust sg 60 percent to go out and try to find jack and tyler they're at a bit of an impasse and then Simmons opens up Sam's file <laughs> and, of course, starts digging into the bits about her having been taken over by a Old, and talks about the last time that they met, she was harbored by an alien with which she had Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> and he's beginning to wonder if she might be having some kind of residual effect because she seems to be hacking into some mainframes. Instead of getting defensive, though, Sam also stays cool as a cucumber and leans forward and says, oh your user 4574, who is the person that she identified before as being the off-base person snooping around in their files. And she says, you don't care about Tyler at all. You're just trying to get some dirt on all of us. Who are your orders from, Colonel? (laughs) Apparently, Simmons had been recording this whole thing, so he quietly picks up the recorder and turns it off and says the interview is over.
0: On the planet,
1: Jack's digging in, meant that he is
0: planting booby traps around their position. He hands a gun to Tyler, not the P ninety this time, just a handgun. Cause that's important. Quite. Tyler's like, I can't let you do this. I can't let you die protecting me.
1: Back in the infirmary. We get a bunch of very bad signs. Yay. Hammond goes in to see Fraser, and she found traces of a foreign chemical on Tilk's uniform and had it analyzed and it resembles cortical acetylcholine which is a neurotransmitter that helps to regulate and process human memory which is true but it is not chemically different from the acetylcholine that you would find anywhere else in the body outside of the cerebral cortex (laughs) at least not to my knowledge acetylcholine actually does a lot of other things like makes our muscles contract and stuff like that when we're telling our muscles to contract and does a whole lot of other stuff it's very key in the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems and does a bunch of stuff
0: So when I say bicep contract, <laughs>
1: the,
0: uh, the acetylcholine gets to work. It sure does.
1: Excellent. It is the chemical that takes the electrical signal from your nervous system and translates it into a chemical signal, which is the acetylcholine signal, and then transmits it into another electrical signal, ah. which is the action potential in your muscle.
0: Well, thank you, Neural Transmitter, for obeying my commands. Right, acetylcholine super important.
1: Fun fact, Botox, like we stick in our face, works because it blocks the release of acetylcholine from the end of the neuron so that it cannot talk to the muscles to make them contract. Interesting. Indeed. They go on to talk about the fact that Fraser thinks that the idea of Lieutenant Tyler is nothing more than a chemical implant. They go over to look at some CAT scan. Fraser says, look at this temporal lobe associated with face face recognition. The fusiform gyrus, I actually had to look this one up because I couldn't remember the name of it. But the fusiform gyrus is what helps us to remember faces. And it is, in fact, in the temporal lobe, also partly in the occipital lobe. It is on both sides. In this image, they show only the right side. And also she's pointing at the frontal lobe, not the temporal or the (laughs) occipital lobe. Yeah, she's talking about the temporal lobe. Definitely not the temporal lobe she's pointing at. <laughs> oh, she tried. <laughs> she tried her best. No one said she was a good doctor. She's just a doctor. And if there's one thing that I know about students who take A and P, it's that they don't know the difference between the lobes of the brain. <laughs> Or any of the bones in the body, for that matter, because that's what this test was on that I was giving them this week. Anyway, she thinks that SG-1 encountered somebody on the planet that exposed them to this special chemical that is specifically acetylcholine that only goes into the cerebral cortex. That chemical then convinced SG-1 that this person was familiar to them because it triggered their facial recognition. Then from there, their brains just built in the backstory of the detailed memories that they have about spending several weeks with them, which makes absolutely no sense because what they're talking about here would then also involve a lot of other parts of the brain, like the hippocampus for long-term memory, the amygdala. It would involve things like the prefrontal cortex for short-term memory. And also it's weird that somehow their brains would all just happen to create the exact same backstory when their brains decided to just fill in the necessary details that fraser mentions basically her saying that their brains would fill in the information is the same thing as saying that well maybe they all had the same hallucination yeah they're all having the same delusion instead of the same hallucination is that somehow better no
0: hive mind hive mind
1: Yeah, They've developed a hive They mind. have, apparently. Simmons is also there, I guess, and asks, well, didn't you say their MRIs were clean? And Frazier says the chemical dissipates fairly quickly. It dissipates very quickly because there's an enzyme that actually takes care of it and gets rid of it. But so they're like, well, where did this MRI come from? How did you get this image? And she's like, well, actually, this is my brain because I was exposed to that chemical. And now I also remember Tyler. <laughs> Simmons. Is not pleased to hear that and says, all right, well, we're done here because we can't trust your doctor anymore either.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He's
1: definitely not wrong. I mean, he's a total <laughs> asshole and I want him to go away, but he's not wrong about some he of this stuff. He has a lot of good points. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think we've had that before. Some of the arguments Kinsey made about their funding and whatnot and what they're oh, doing yeah. and whether. Yeah. yeah. So they get they have good points on the planet. Jack informs Tyler, there's uh, about 15 Jaffa out there. And Tyler is like, I'm not what you think I am. I'm not part of your team. I'm not human. (laughs) I exposed you to a chemical that made you think I was. Cool. Jack's not really listening because he's got to deal with the 15 Jaffa who are coming to kill them. And Tyler's like, look at my leg. It's all healed. How could that be possible that I
1: were human? Jack's still like, just get down. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't jump around when you're yeah. trying to hide just to prove the point that your leg is better.
0: At this point, though, Tyler reveals his true image, which is sort of a
1: white alien with tentacle yeah, hair. kind of like a flying spaghetti monster. Yeah. If a flying spaghetti monster had a body.
0: Yes. <laughs> Tyler immediately reverts back to his human form or puts the delusion in Jack's head? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. So he explains that this is a defense mechanism and that the Jaffa had captured him because they wanted to study this phenomena. (laughs) He escaped but his ship was damaged and they crashed onto this planet, which happened to be the planet that SG-1 was on. And he wasn't sure if he could trust them, which is why he hid. Then the Jaffa attack. But they fight back by blowing them up. A lot. (laughs) There's so many explosions in this episode. There really are. (laughs) And there's some firefight. Some of the Jaffa getting close. Jack manages to shoot a few, but then he's out of bullets. So he starts fighting. I think at one point, Tyler then finally gets in there and takes like one shot. (laughs) They're about to be killed because... It was like 15 to 2. <laughs> Fortunately, though, from behind the Jaffa comes relief. <laughs> Sam, Daniel, and Tilk <laughs> come to the rescue. Woo! Woo, indeed! Tilk turns his staff weapon on Tyler after they have their moment of, whew, yeah, we're all right. Because he tells O'Neill Lieutenant Tyler is not who he appears to be. Jack's like, I already know that.
1: It's cool. Time to go home. Later. They're walking because Tyler can walk now. Presumably they're heading for the gate. Jack wants to know why Tyler didn't ask for help. Reasonably, Tyler didn't trust them because for generations, apparently his people have met nothing but fear and mistrust. So why would he trust SG-1? And Jack's like, well, if you go around tricking people, of course, everyone's going to mistrust you. Which was a bad argument. Tyler elaborates (laughs) that his people don't embrace technology and they're not good fighters. So their ability to disguise themselves is really the only thing that they have going for them when it comes to defending themselves from more powerful people like the gold, for example. And they're being hunted to extinction. So they're a little bit cautious, understandably. Jack asks if they have somewhere to go. And Tyler says that they've actually started a new colony in an isolated part of the galaxy. And they're basically just waiting on him to get back there so that his people can bury the gate and then hopefully never be heard from again and never be bothered again. Woo! Yeah. It's all I want. Right? Seriously.
0: Everyone just leave me the hell alone.
1: Right? We went to an open house that I told you about the other day. Yeah. And I was in the middle of nowhere on like two and a half acres. And it's like, yes, I like this house. Except that they <laughs> wanted way more money than it was worth. And so we will not be buying that house. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. It needed a lot of work. Oh, for a okay. They were asking for as much as they were asking for on it. Gotcha.
0: Later again, I guess they're getting closer to the Stargate because they're taking a moment to see what is awaiting them there with a monocular an or- odd rectangular one.
1: Yeah. Telescope? Would that be the right word? I know I said monocular before. I don't but... <laughs> know. I kind
0: of wanted. I I wrote monocular in my notes too, and then I was like, "Is that a yeah. thing?" But I then guess I it's not really look... a
1: telescope unless it extends, and this thing doesn't seem to extend. Well, so yeah, I'm going googling... back to my original assertion of monocular.
0: Yeah, googling that's a thing. Monoculars yeah. seem to be a thing, so we're just gonna go with that. But they're looking out. They're jaffa They don't think the Jaffa are planning to go anywhere anytime soon. Tilk's like, we gotta get going before reinforcements arrive, but Jack's like, there's a lot of them. Tyler volunteers to surrender. Jack's like, yeah, that's brave, but no, we don't want the ghoul to learn how you work. (laughs) Yeah, probably a good call. Tyler says, well, then maybe I'll just lead them away from the gate so you can go. But Jack says, they're gonna keep hunting you. Just hang with us. He then asks Tyler what his name w wi- what is, which was something like kya or I don't know kya yi I think he said. Okay. Jack sticks with Tyler after that though, tells him to stay with Daniel while Sam and Jack and Teal'c are gonna go do fairy type things.
1: Indeed, they give Tyler a zap. They do. And then he uses it to zap Daniel in the next scene. <laughs> because Tyler says this is all his fault and he doesn't want anything to happen to the rest of SG-1. Back in the briefing room, Simmons has some questions for Hammond now. It is Hammond's turn. Simmons has come to believe that Hammond lets his personal feelings influence his command decisions. I can't believe what I'm hearing. What? 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 <laughs> News to me. Hammond is incensed because it's none of Simmons' business how he runs SGC. But isn't it? (laughs) Simmons is like, you know, off-world teams have been compromised, and your existing safeguards are ineffective, and this place is an accident waiting to happen, and I'm still waiting to hear something that's not true because everything (laughs) he's saying is true. It is so true. (laughs) (laughs) They go back and forth a bit and hammond says that simmons is being used by whoever the higher-ups are that are acting as his boss and simmons like you're missing the point i don't really care about that i care about the fact that you're a huge risk here (laughs) and that is what matters more than who my boss is hammond's like yeah well i've got my bestie Prezi, and he's got my back and simmons says well administrations change and Hammond tells him, "Set orders. And now you're ordered to get escorted off my base.
0: <laughs> Fun. Yeah. On the planet, Sam has returned to find Daniel knocked out from the Zat because he needed to be knocked out for exactly how long was necessary for the plot, as all exactly. people are with Zats. Mm-hmm. Jack wants to know where Tyler is, and Daniel's like... I don't know. He's added me. Jack looks through his monocular again, and he can see Tyler zetting Jafar in the distance, nearer the to the gate. And he takes off running, getting the guards to chase him. Damn's like damn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I don't even know what that was because I was gonna say. Jack. <laughs> and that was a mix of Sam and Daniel, I think. <laughs> Good job.
1: It's late. Yep. <laughs> I am pretty never tired. i never late
0: before, I don't think. I don't think so. Jack's like, for crying out loud, he's trying to be a hero. Teal'c says this may be their best chance of escape, so they're gonna go
1: do something. Yeah. yeah. In the woods, Tyler, in his natural form, his very bad CG natural form, <laughs> is running from some jiffa. And he gets tackled by one of them. The Jaffa are leading Tyler, who is now back in his human form for reasons that I can only assume are because the bad CG was too expensive. SG-1, though, (laughs) is hiding and ambushes them. I like how Teal'c is just carrying around this huge, (laughs) not even a staff weapon, but a big-ass version of a staff weapon that he pulled off of the Death Glider. (laughs) And he's carrying it around like it's nothing. Yeah, (laughs) It's fantastic. It is ginormous and it weighs nothing to him. He fires on the Jaffa. There's a bit of a firefight between the rest of SG sixty percent. Now eighty percent since Tyler's Yeah there. Yeah. Oh, Jack is there too? Yeah. No. It's the full SG one. <laughs> yeah. And of course, they beat out all the Jaffa. Jack tells Tyler that he's lucky because he'd have his ass for disobeying orders like that if he was a real lieutenant. Tyler is yet again surprised that they came back for him and jack says well we don't leave our people behind tyler reminds him that he is not one of their people and jack's like "Meh, close enough (laughs) now let's get back to the gate tyler is concerned about the jaffa that were at the gate and jack's like "Eh, they weren't a problem
0: (laughs) good times they arrive at the gate tyler dials it up to head to his home Jack suggests that maybe before they just bury their gate they could keep in mind that they could have friends in the galaxy why would they ever do that I get that Tyler (laughs) can trust Jack but Tyler should just bury his gate because the rest of humanity is not that good (laughs) no (laughs) I agree with you the other people who know about the Stargate program would love to also tie him up and dissect him so yeah right yeah if Mayborn got his hands
1: on this guy (laughs) oh for
0: sure yeah he should just bury the gate but Jack's like maybe don't and Tyler's like well it's not my choice but I will let other people know what happened here not making any promises he's like well maybe you could take me fishing one day Yeah. and then he leaves and that's the end of the story and do we ever see them again? I'm pretty sure we don't. No, we don't. Hmm. We see the actor again, I believe. Oh, really? Yes. Because I looked him up. Huh. He has had multiple roles on this oh, show. Nice. He was in the episode where the kids were mock battling Jaffa versus Oh, humans. no way,
1: really? He was the captain of the Jaffa. Oh,
0: uh, okay. He, I knew he looked familiar, yeah.
1: but I wasn't really sure why, and that is probably why.
0: He is also unrecognizable, but plays Daniel's UNAS friend. Shaka. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Yep. Wow. <laughs> so we'll see him That's again. That's cool. Yeah, he was according to this.
1: Definitely unrecognizable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I think he's has other parts too. So yeah, he's a... That's
1: awesome. Yeah. We'll see him again, but he will not be Tyler, Texas. Tyler of Texas. Yeah, Tyler, we don't know if he has a crown of marble because he was wearing a hat. That's true. Kathy, did you like the episode? I did.
0: I wasn't super into it while I was watching it, but I enjoyed parts of it. Even though, as usual, Colonel Simmons is right about yeah. them all having, be, you know, being influenced in too emotional and whatever else he's going to accuse them of. Even though he's right, I really enjoy the scenes of them pushing back against him during their interviews. Fair. It's just a lot of fun to be on like Team SG-1 and Team Hammond. I think that's probably what I liked most about it. I liked this, oh, I can't trust anybody, but I can trust Jack O'Neill vibe too. But overall, I was just kind of like, eh, this is alright. right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: how about you I did actually like this episode a lot there were so many explosions as I said and everyone knows how much I love explosions (laughs) (laughs) so many explosions so that was all great Like you said, I also really enjoyed the interrogation scenes because I thought that the ones with Daniel and Tilk were just outright funny. I thought that Sam was great in hers. And then the one with Hammond I just thought was hilarious because (laughs) Simmons was completely right with everything that he was saying. (laughs) And yet Hammond was still so indignant. The bad science was just so stupid. Like, (laughs) how hard is it really to have your actor point at the correct part of the brain? Like, even back in the early 2000s, it would not have taken that much trouble to figure out <laughs> what the different lobes of the brain are so that you can get your actor to point at the correct lobe of the brain when she's talking about the temporal lobe but yeah not even that was too much so <laughs> i thought the ineptitude of it was funny more so than annoying <laughs> <Fair. even. laughs> That's good. and so overall i was just amused by this episode what's next Next
0: is Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 5, Red Sky. Netflix says, SG-1 emerges on a world known as Katau, a protected planet of the Asgard, where the people still worship the Norse gods. Huh. I would assume that this is not Samaria we're
1: going back to yet again.
0: Yes, it is, it is called Katau.
1: Oh, is right. the name of the planet. I, I knew that. I listened. Sure That's I fine. did. You
0: don't need to listen to me. Nobody
1: else does. The
0: booklet says, SG-1 is welcomed on Katow by the planet's religious leader, who takes the reddening sky concurrent with their arrival as a sign from their gods. What he doesn't know is that the reddish color is a reaction caused by the wormhole, signaling
1: the planet's impending doom! (laughs) i actually do remember this episode because it is a very red episode (laughs) (laughs) those
0: are two radically
1: different descriptions red filter on the whole thing yeah yeah. those are very different descriptions (laughs) i'm not sure i remember this that's fine who cares (laughs) (laughs) i do remember both the red filter and also generally i remember the plot of it gotcha As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, please make sure you subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes and reviews are very much appreciated since they help other people to find the show so that we can keep this thing getting bigger and bigger. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com, or you can send us messages through our website, which is space. And if you're feeling generous and would like to support the show financially, you can head on over to patreon.com slash stargatesing. Our tiers start at just $2. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargate sing the end. The end. No more future yawns will be forgiven. And that last one was not either.
0: Well, well, I'm screwed. I might as well just yawn forever then.
1: Have fun editing that one. Thanks. (laughs) You're the one that... Takes out the word gaps now. I know. We're <laughs> gonna leave in
0: all the <laughs> bitch. <laughs>